0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of On Farm Helps. These episodes are a bit different to the usual. We're focusing primarily on offering timely and expert advice to rural businesses across Scotland to help them navigate these tough times of coronavirus. So we're wanting to enable them to thrive and survive in these difficult times. Please do get in touch if you can think of anything that you'd like us to focus on in future. So just tweet us on at on For this episode, I have been joined by Gail Ellis. I've known Gail for a number of years and she's uh, provided some very valuable advice and support to me. Um, She is an expert in HR and people management, uh, working for her business called Greenburn. Uh, Greenburn provide HR support for the likes of NFU Scotland, Scottish Land and Estates, Scotland Food and Drink. uh, So they really know what they're talking about when it comes to... uh, people management, and particularly in times like this. Um, So Gail and I had a really, really wide-ranging chat um, about everything that's happening in the workplace as a result of the coronavirus lockdown, from furlough to workers' rights, holiday entitlement, sick pay, you name it, uh, we pretty much discussed it. Gail and I were chatting uh, from our own separate offices under... Lockdown, so uh, the quality may not be quite as good as you're used to, but please bear with us. The, the the key here, I think, is to get the knowledge and information out there to people who need it. So, we started our chat with Gail giving us a bit of background about Greenburn and the kind of services that they offer to a wide range of businesses throughout the rural and food and drink sectors.
1: Greenburn is um, an independent HR company. Um, quite small um, we, but we are all specialists on our own field and we give expert advice and opinion to our clients and we had a huge range of clients from very very large organizations to tiny ones and uh, we work on the basis that we provide solutions so we're very proactive um, and hopefully get to know our clients and their business as well.
0: Absolutely. Now, at the time of, of recording and, and broadcasting this particular episode of, of On Farm Helps, um, we are just coming to the end of week three of of lockdown. And I understand that your phones have been going a little bit crazy over the last three weeks. Would that be true to say?
1: Yes, phones and emails, phones and emails. And I, I, I thought it would just be for the first week or so, but it's just continuing um, as more and more questions keep popping up. You know, the legislation was changed. The Chancellor changed it a little bit on the 4th. So that created a new raft of questions. Um, so and it's confusing for people and it's a scary time. And um, so we all do as much as we can to help with the knowledge that we have.
0: Absolutely. And and there are, there are many different questions that have come your way with regard to holiday entitlement and management, uh, performance uh, reviews and performance management Absence and sickness, obviously irrelevant at the moment, um, but we'll maybe kick off because you've sent me a list of, of sort of questions that you frequently get asked. We maybe kick off, if that's okay, with with furlough, because I think looking at the questions that you've sent me, that's been um, an area that's generated maybe the most queries. Um, and I know you've got um, some, some kind of examples um, of the questions that people have, have come up with and, and a whole range so perhaps perhaps in your words, can you tell us what you think has been kind of the, 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 the biggest query with regard to the furlough scheme? Yes,
1: I think with the furlough scheme, it's who can be furloughed and who can't be furloughed. And it wasn't terribly clear in the beginning. Um, People thought if it was if their jobs were at risk. And it was really because if a business didn't have a need for people, so hospitality industry is a classic example, all the cafes and restaurants closing, and what do you do with all those workers? So they could all be furloughed. Um, But as the time's gone on, more and more issues have come up. And so now the Chancellor on the 4th of April clarified the furlough a little bit further. And so furlough now extends to anybody that there isn't any work for. Um, If the work has stopped or the operations have slowed down, then staff can be furloughed. Only, though, if they've been on the payroll since the 28th of February. It's an important thing, this, because somebody phoned yesterday and said to me, he said, I've taken somebody on on the 3rd of March, he said, and I'm going to backdate it so that they can be furloughed. So I said, how are you going to manage that? And he said, well, I'm just going to put them on the payroll. But I don't think he fully understood that they need to have gone through the PAYE system first so that the revenue has registered them. So an important point, I think I, I ruined his day, actually. Good oh dear. At least you kept him legal. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, so it's staff who basically there isn't any work for, but also now the furlough has been extended to anybody that is a carer, or if you have somebody has children and they have got real problems with childcare, they can't work uh, from home. And so it's been extended that they can ask to be furloughed as well. Um, now, you can ask to be furloughed. And a lot of people have come to us saying, I've asked to be furloughed, but it's been declined. Um, and it is it's got to be something that's done by mutual agreements for for instance, if you have a very specific skill and your uh, director manager needs you um to be available, they can say that they won't furlough you um but i for more- yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a compromise. It seems to be working well. And the fact that the restrictions have been slackened a little bit for people that are shielding, people that are carers, people that have got children at home uh, and they can't work, I think it's made it a lot easier for everybody.
0: You did touch on, on something there that you know with regard to childcare. And I think many people um, listening will, aside from having a greater level of respect for teachers, will now be, be realising how difficult it is to, to, to juggle work in many cases and looking after children, especially if they're small. I know my two are in the other room watching a mermaid video at the moment just to, to try and keep them quiet while I work. It is challenging. Am I right in saying then that once a member of staff has been furloughed, they can no longer undertake any work for that business during that period?
1: Yes. We, <clears throat> yes again, yesterday we had um, a call... Of a gentleman who'd been furloughed since the 1st of March. And um, his boss called him yesterday, yesterday morning and asked him if he would volunteer to go in to do training of one of the other members of staff who was actually not furloughed. And that's really is a bit of a chancer, obviously, because <laughs> you're not allowed to do work at all for your existing company interesting you can work for somebody else so for example if you were furloughed you could take a job driving one of the delivery vans for one of the major supermarkets providing yeah. it isn't in contradiction of your current terms of your contract and that you get the approval of your you know your business owner or manager but you definitely can't work for your existing company anymore
0: that's very useful to know actually and I suppose um, in the farming sector uh, a lot of the in particular soft fruit companies are are going to be crying out for, for labour when it comes picking time because they're not able to have access to a lot of the labour that comes in from elsewhere in Europe so there is potentially an opportunity for people who've been furloughed to, to go and, and pick soft fruits um, as the season comes around. Oh I
1: think it's a great opportunity to be honest and I know some um, soft fruit farmers are already actually targeting people who've been furloughed but it's, it's a wonderful opportunity because you know they're really helping and I think that's what everybody wants to do we've had lots of questions from uh, people who have been furloughed saying I want to help can I volunteer and yes they can volunteer they can volunteer and they can go and work somewhere else so I think that's probably where this land army is going to come from all the staff yeah. throughout the whole of the UK that have been furloughed which would be fantastic Today, wouldn't
0: they? absolutely and in fact um Monty who's my business partner um very unfortunately um has, has suffered an injury to his arm um and uh, he's in the midst of lambing at the moment on the farm he was saying that actually in a sense and then you, you wouldn't wish this on anybody but in a sense it's fortunate that it's happened this year because he's got relatives who've been furloughed who can come to the farm and help him out with lambing, and he gets the assistance he might not have had in any other year. There are opportunities out there for people to to do something else and keep themselves busy, I suppose. Yeah,
1: it's interesting because um, I I read, I think, in, in one of the newspapers the other day, how an EasyJet pilot that had been furloughed had actually taken a job driving the delivery van in Tesco's. It's amazing how many people I know now that have been furloughed that are actually taking jobs. I know a lady that's taken a job in a care home. And others that are just stacking shelves in Marks and Spencers and Morrisons or wherever. So I think everybody's pulling together. But that the fact that people can't take another job in furlough, I think, is really important. If you have two or even three jobs, you can also be furloughed from all of them so if you had the childcare problem or you, you were shielding somebody who was at risk and you did have three, two or three different jobs which many people do each job can furlough you
0: I was actually having a conversation yesterday with somebody from Scottish Enterprise and we were talking in, in I suppose general terms about people who can taking the opportunity of, of lockdown to upskill themselves and do some training so if you've been furloughed are you able to undertake training that is is relevant to your job whilst you're you're furloughed. Yes, yes. I mean and that, <clears throat> I think
1: that's being promoted quite heavily because it does seem an ideal opportunity. The only thing is training is almost classed as working if you're if you're only being paid the eighty per cent as opposed to the hundred percent, because furlough attracts eighty percent of your salary and the employer can lift it to a hundred percent if they choose to or can afford to, I think it's really more prevalent. But uh, you've got to just make sure that if people are some people don't fall below the minimum wage. But again, we've had queries about this. A couple of people have said, we're going on a training course. It lasts for a week. It's a whole week where I have to do an online training course. Do I still get paid? So you still get your furlough. But in both cases, the people were paid. The 80% meant their salary reduced to such a point that they weren't earning the minimum wage for the hour. So the employer then agreed just to uplift the furlough to 100% for the period that they were training.
0: I see. Yes, that, that makes sense. When you're on furlough, are you also accruing annual leave at the same time? And and how does that work? Yes, yes,
1: you continue to accrue annual leave. While you're on furlough or if you're working from home, I think the whole leave situation is is going to be quite challenging. The the Chancellor's now said that um, 20 days leave can be extended to be taken over a two year period for everybody because he realizes that this is going to impact on businesses quite significantly. So there's two things. If you're working from home, it's a really a good idea. You're still working. It's a good idea to still take some holiday if you're furloughing, your or your business can ask you to take holiday as well. What they don't want to do, and a lot of businesses are really worried about this, is when they do get operational again, they're quite concerned about the backlog of holiday that's going to come forward. We've got one client who thinks that from September they'll be incredibly busy. Um, and so they're asking all their staff to take 70% of their holiday before September. So right between now and over the sort of summer period, which has proved a little challenging because some people see holiday as going away to the beach but for operational reasons um, now the Chancellor's extended it so people can take the holiday forward but it's still causing concern for businesses because it means potentially on top of their normal re- statutory requirement or the holo- company holiday scheme um, people potentially are carrying another 20 days forward. Um, for two years, so it's going to take some working out and a bit of manpower planning, I think for all businesses to be on top of this
0: and so if if as an employer you ask one of your employees to take holiday during this period, presumably that employee must imply must they
1: If you want the employee to take five days' holiday, you have to give them ten days' notice, so double the amount of time that they would be off. To be frank, it's one of those things that uh, can be a little bit emotive. So it's always better to come to some sort of sensible agreement. The extending it over two years, I think, should ease any tension. There are, I know from talking to people that have phoned a lot of people that don't want to take holiday during furlough. They don't want to take holiday while they're working from home. But the employer still has a duty of care to make sure that people are getting rest they are moving away and it's quite stressful for everybody so I think it's a a balance as always there should be a meeting in the middle somewhere
0: yeah absolutely and I suppose in most cases that that's perfectly possible and you you can always assist with a smooth running if if there's not an agreement that's kind of coming up straight away i suppose i can try oil
1: sort of oiling the wheels i think we call it <laughs> absolutely absolutely it,
0: you know it it is it's tiring if if you're working from home and trying to look after children or other relatives, it, it is tiring. So, you, you you, know, you need a holiday, you know, not a dissimilar way to, to the fact needing a holiday under normal circumstances. So I think that's that's maybe what people don't realise until they've got into that situation of, of working from home for a while and, and to appreciate that maybe. It's certainly proving quite challenging. I think
1: we've heard more from managers, let's say, who are trying to to manage people who are working from home and it it is difficult because and i I think we just have to the circumstances are so unique i mean they're you know unprecedented aren't they that i think really all have to sort of take just a little step back and not get too upset if people don't deliver the level of work they would deliver in the office. Um, You know, I think there's got to be a little bit of relaxation all the way around because, you know, there are, and we know of examples of people that are working from home in a bedroom, on the corner of a bed, almost, and three young children around. So that's hard. I mean, that's really hard. Um, and they, you know, they don't want to be furloughed. They want to continue working because obviously they want to continue earning. So I think it's yeah. about respect. I think it's now not the hours that you work anymore. I don't think it's about being there nine to five. I think it's, you know, what do you have to do that day or that week? And then you do that. But whenever it suits you around your lifestyle at home, I think that yes. will that's yeah. the way we're sort of moving. And I, I think that um, we're probably after this. Uh, the workplace won't be quite the same again
0: <laughs> no i agree and and in fact i've been i've been trying to operate for for many years on a kind of quality over quantity kind of basis when it comes to work and 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 hopefully i, I managed to achieve that, but it's true it's about fitting things around that your other obligations that you've got to do and and as in the situation you've been describing it's got to be about two way understanding managers have got to understand the the various balls that everybody else is juggling and those people juggling the balls have got to understand that the managers have got got a business to run um and so if there's two-way understanding then then it becomes easier doesn't it
1: yeah i think communication in in this situation is absolutely key for both parties you know really keeping in touch with not only managers but colleagues having team meetings having coffee chats because everybody's in it together and you can very very quickly feel isolated Um, i know one of my colleagues has had two or three calls about people that are feeling really Quite lonely, quite mm. n- n- left out of things, um, and so I think it, it should be cognizant of all of us. If you haven't heard from somebody for a few days, are they okay? Just give them a call, have a yes. chat, how's it going? The pressures will come, and I suspect the pressures of, you know, caring, having children at home, trying to work, you know, without actually the things that you're used to being around you. You know, it's amazing in an office, you've got all your stuff around you, and it's not quite the same. So I think it will, uh, I think going forward, it will settle down. But I think we're starting to see already just from the calls and emails, we're getting concerns about I can't do this, I'm not happy, I can't get anything done. So again, we just as all of us just need to be, more cognizant of other people and the way they're feeling and thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, we may well look at doing another episode about working from home and the challenges that that brings and juggling, trying to juggle all of the different things that that we're all trying to, to look after. Now, Obviously, in in most situations, this two-way communication will solve problems. But if if there's a, there are any employers out there who, despite having an understanding for what their employees are dealing with, still do have any issues over over performance, what can they do to try and tackle that?
1: Yeah, we've we've had um, we've had a few people uh, coming forward and saying that they've got. Members of staff for, that have been underperforming for some time, and it's all, and now they're working from home. The situation's got worse. And what we're really saying to that is continue, continue with the performance management systems that you've got in place. Don't overreact. People are in very different situations. They, they probably find it even harder working from home. But contact and helping people go through this. So you've got somebody who's underperforming. It's important to stay in touch with them. It's important to just touch base with them every day, not checking up how are they doing. Do they need any help? Do they need support? Can another colleague be brought in to coach them or to help them assist them? Is it a training thing? Um, And then just go along. And it might get to the point where um, we're seeing a bit of a tendency where people can't seem to organize their day very well at home it's actually what do they do first so i think in some cases managers can help performance when they can help somebody prioritize what they've got to do and go a little bit more into task as opposed to um, the bigger input because just helping somebody to say actually do you reckon you could get these two or three things done by you know Close a play today or by t- first thing tomorrow morning. I think it gives people direction and a target, and I think then they'll achieve it. But we, with performance issues, we don't think it's a time to be draconian. I think it's just helping people through this situation going till we get out the other side, whenever that may be.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We actually, surprisingly, maybe haven't yet touched on. Um, the issue of of what happens if an employee is actually unwell with suspected or confirmed coronavirus. So as an example, I know you sent me earlier on that, that you know, if an employee is, feels unwell, coughing, temperature, um, hasn't been confirmed as having coronavirus, but they suspect that, that they do. How does that work in terms of, of ordinary sick pay and, and that kind of scheme of things? So if you have somebody who,
1: yeah, uh, and again, this has come up a few times. If you have somebody that's uh, suddenly starting to feel unwell, um, they they don't know if they've got the virus or not. But I think for this, just what you do is ask them to basically go, they'll go on to statutory sick pay. Uh, or company sick pay whichever one you've got for the first seven days to see if it gets any worse hopefully by then they're either whatever it is they're either getting over it if it's just a little bug or if it's worse they just carry on on company sick pay we've been asked several times can we furlough our staff who are ill and the answer is no it's either statutory sick pay or company sick pay because they're genuinely ill Um, and lots of questions about people just not feeling well and I think the best thing to do is just say okay you're going to sick pay for a week and let's reassess it after that.
0: And what happens if somebody isn't actually sick themselves, but they're self-isolating because a a family member is is sick?
1: Yeah, then we would call that shielding. So with shielding, you can furlough somebody, you can furlough a a person. And it's probably the best thing to do because in the instances we've heard of this, it's another member of the family that is really quite sick. And in some cases, they have actually uh, got coronavirus or it's shielding older people who are at risk, you know, they're very at risk category. So you can furlough somebody because, again, what we've found is people that have somebody in their household that is sick, A, they really don't want to go out and run the risk of passing this on. um, And they don't want to endanger the person in the household either. So you can furlough in that case.
0: I see. And there'll probably be people listening with employees who are either, for example, pregnant or have other underlying health issues. So what are the options as an employer if you've got, let's, let's say, for example, somebody who's eight months pregnant who works for you? Well, the first
1: thing, obviously, you would hope that the lady is working from home and maybe actually looking to reduce hours look to maybe reduce hours and if possible bring forward the date that she would go on to her natural leave.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Gosh, we've covered quite a lot, Gail, um, but do you th- is there anything that, that springs to mind that you think we haven't covered and that employers or, or indeed employees out there listening may, may be thinking, oh gosh, I'm still a bit unsure about X or Y or Z? Uh,
1: one thing that we have been asked a lot is about directors. Can directors be furloughed? It was a little unclear. It was a little unclear until just a couple of weeks ago. But directors can be furloughed. But it's very, very important that they don't do any work in or on the business. So, for example, we had a director come forward and said, I work on business development and I, I need to go on furlough because, uh, you know, we need to I can't afford not to go on to furlough. But I need to keep working because obviously I'm working on the business, not in the business. I want to look, keep looking mm-hmm. for new leads, new business. But the guidance is very clear. The only work that a director can do is uh, to do with statutory requirements. So if you had to do something with Companies House. Otherwise, they cannot do any work at all. So it's a difficult decision for directors. But the guidance is very, very clear. They cannot do any work either on the business or in the business during the furlough period.
0: Mm. I think that will actually be very relevant to probably a lot of our listeners who will be directors of small, medium sized or indeed large companies. And in fact, that's, that's relevant for me as well. I I can't afford to furlough, in a sense, because if I were to have, say, three months of not doing any business development, there might not be a business for me to come back to. So I can't furlough because I need to keep going to to keep the business moving as much as possible. And um, and so that I think there'll be many people in in a similar situation to me that f- for whom that that question and answer is is very very relevant indeed. I,
1: I think it's it's um, it's really important, and it's going to cause quite a dilemma, I think, for a lot of people. Something else we've been asked um, quite a bit is. Um, hypothetically you've got a team of six people there's only enough work for two or three so you what do you do you can furlough some and not others um so you can furlough people um, for uh, a minimum of three weeks so what some companies are doing now they're rotating the staff some are on furlough, some are working from home and then after three weeks they're going to switch so that everybody gets the opportunity to do furlough and maybe some voluntary work and work at the same time and that's quite a good solution. You can do that but you have to go on to a furlough for a minimum of three weeks. Oh
0: I see, I didn't know that. And I suppose one final question that, may, that maybe any employees out there listening will be thinking, presumably furlough does not have any long-term impact on the security of that job you know if you if you ask to furlough or you are furloughed there's no implication there that your job is any less important than anybody else's and it's just as secure when you go back as it was when you started in in that sense. I think that's
1: correct I mean the whole reason behind furlough is um, to take the burden of the salaries uh, paying salaries away from the employer so that actually they can when they the furlough finishes and when this situation resolves people can go back to their jobs and the jobs are still there it's actually a way of trying to secure jobs for the future Um, one thing that employers do ask is when are we going to get the money for the furlough so the hmrc scheme um, has not yet opened the portals where you can actually record who's gone on to furlough and put your information in that's not going to open until about the end of april and then, no doubt, you know, goodness, how many, how many squillions of people are going to be trying to access it to enter information? But um, the last news we had was the revenue will not be able to reimburse the furlough payments. And the furlough payments are the 80% of salary, the employer's NI, which is 13.8%, and uh, 3% of the statutory pension. They don't think they'll be able to reimburse that money until May, end of May. So a lot of employers are struggling at the moment because they can't afford to pay the salaries today. And wait to the end of May. So there are these business loans available, uh, but they yes it, to, to help a, with cash flow. Yeah, cash flows cash flow is challenging for a lot of people. So again, and some employers are having to come to arrangements with people to do reduced hours. So reduced hours doesn't mean you're being furloughed. It just means that you might be reduced to four hours a day as opposed to eight hours a day or seven hours a day, and it reduces your salary for a period of time because they do need you to keep working but they just can't afford to pay so it's flexibility on both sides to be honest Anna and it's needed from everybody
0: absolutely and I think that's that's the overall message that's coming through from talking to you is that yes there are there are rules and regulations and laws but actually two-way communication negotiation and being open to have fair discussions on both sides is going to be what kind of really brings people through the other side of this yeah
1: people make businesses i think people make businesses and it's just by working together you can make a business successful now more than ever we all need to be doing that you know the employers have got challenges the employees have got challenges so it's meeting in the middle and um, i think actually businesses should come out stronger the other side of
0: this i hope so i hope so and i think i think that we're seeing a lot of silver lining on on a lot of clouds with people who are innovating and doing things different uh, which we've kind of touched on in other podcast episodes but it's definitely people are are finding new ways of doing things and in many ways that may set us in good stead for for the future yeah
1: we've just got to build on we've got to build on all that and i and everything i see in here is you know how many times before this happened i had managers saying oh we can't possibly work from home they can't do that from home it won't work and all of a sudden almost overnight everybody's working working from home and in the main it is actually working it's it's just the occasional manager that might say they're supposed to be at their desk from nine o'clock and they weren't there at ten o'clock and I think it's now about it it's just about it's it's quality not quantity Um, so I think that's a really good lesson.
0: Oh well thank you Gail just finally we you we, know we've been in it, gone into a bit of detail here on some some topics but there could be people out there who are thinking to themselves gosh I actually could, really could do the, a phone conversation with Gail to get some specific information on my case so how can people get in touch with you if they need to 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 get some advice
1: um, well we've got um our website which is uh, www.greenburn.co.uk email gail at greenburn.co.uk or and all our contact details and phone numbers and then we'll give you so that you can put them on Um, but we're happy and we take calls we work for four large membership organizations scottish land and estates national farmers union of scotland SAOS and Scotland Food and Drink and all their members have free access to to us and can call us with any questions or problems or issues they've got and during this period the, the phone call's free any emails we have to do is all free because we're just trying to support everybody as much as we can so we extend that to anybody that's got a question and normally normally we've got two people on phones all the time we can answer the question fairly quickly there and then
0: thank you very much for listening to that latest episode of On Farm Helps. You now know how to contact Gail if you need her specific advice uh, in relation to your business. And please do get in touch with us. uh, If you've got any feedback, you can find us on Twitter and all other types of social media uh, just by searching On Farm Podcasts. And we'll speak to you next time. Thank you.